0: good morning and welcome to episode 86 of the jaguar report podcast my name's gus loge joined by my co-host john shipley john how's it going are you surviving the cold i think today might be the coldest day we've had so far in this oh man dude, I, like, it's, it's terrible
1: man it's, <laughs> I, I i normally like really prefer the winter too you know uh-huh. built like a walrus you know in many ways you know we, we share some tendencies in day-to-day life but i uh Definitely, definitely not a fan of when I walk out of it's like It like stings, dude. It, it, I, yeah, I don't it, know. It, it hurts a little bit, doesn't it? It's, yeah. a, it's too crisp. Yeah, not, not a fan. Not a fan. But with the bitter cold comes the bitter offseason. Yeah, we going to talk before the show, man. Just as somebody who has to like write daily about them, the offseason sucks. <laughs> it's trash. Yeah, I know. It's like when exciting stuff, like signing, like new, like new things, are exciting. You know, change is exciting. New coaches, new rookies, new free agents. But that's like five percent of the off season, and the other ninety
0: five percent are kind of just here wasting away in the Florida cold, just hanging out. Yeah, Florida cold. Just hanging hopefully, out, buddy. I think I feel like it will be like a two month stretch of just ugliness, and then hopefully the sun will come out to play a little bit more. But yeah, last week we went over some defensive coordinator candidates for the Jaguars, and since then it's been – the list has been kind of a little more finalized from reports of who's actually getting an interview with the team. So, John, where do you want to start with this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I figured probably we can touch base on two guys who – one guy who hasn't been connected to them at all, but it's still logical, you know, dots to connect. And then one guy who – it's been semi-connected to them but i just i'm not sure how much he's going to factor into it uh, first one is leslie frazier like we both said that you know frazier is probably near the top of the list of guys who we think would be good hires uh he he's a part of the andy reed sean mcdermott you know tree etc he, he comes from basically the same circle of coaches as doug peterson but you know he's been taking head coaching interviews i think he's had two this cycle i think one of the raiders one of the chargers it yeah. and I, I believe yeah he said on like NFL Network or something a few weeks ago that like his goal was to get a head coaching job this year but I'm not sure how likely that is you know the Chargers it, it really seems like hardball you know it, it may, maybe not because it really seemed like hardball from Minnesota a few years ago and that hardball is, <laughs> that hardball's a fickle one you know he's, <laughs> he's a yeah you brought guy. him into
0: the building maybe not it, but, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Harbaugh for the Chargers, as of now, has a lot of smoke. Yeah.
1: If it's not Harbaugh, I really wouldn't know for the Chargers. Frazier is a guy who, like, he probably deserves, like, another shot at, like, a second gig as a head coach. But taking that year off, I do think kind of maybe screwed him because – there are just new faces every year, you know, like Mike McDonald is getting way more interest this year. Bobby Slowick, nobody knew who the hell Bobby Slowick was 12 months ago, you know, like there's going to be new faces every single year. So maybe, you know, I have no inclination on whether or not he will, maybe Leslie Flake, Frazier meets with them after some head coaching roles are kind of decided, but, you know, it seems like almost half the NFL is semi looking for a defense coordinator right now between, defensive coordinator openings and head coach vacancies, guys who, in most cases, other than one that we'll talk about, will want their own defensive coordinator. It seems like probably be more prudent for the Jaguars to not wait around for Leslie Frazier, but that's where things, I think, kind of stand at the moment.
0: I mean, yeah, I think there will be a lot of kind of like – there's a lot of big fish in this cycle, too, because you mentioned Harbaugh, but then there's also Belichick, Vrabel. And maybe Pete Carroll, it sounds like he – or it sounded at his press conference like he wanted to keep coaching. But I feel like odds are he'll probably just stay in Seattle for at least a year. But, I mean, there's like – this is like the best coaching cycle ever, I feel like, at least I can remember. So there's bound to be a couple really good candidates who kind of like slip through the cracks. So, I mean, if the Jags want Leslie Frazier, then they might have to kind of like act up pretty quickly because I'm sure if he doesn't get a coaching job, he'll be like one of the top – candidates and he also c- certainly have his like wide range of options for jobs but i mean that said there's just a lot of good candidates this year yeah and i'd imagine like he'd be a
1: guy like if he was your choice then you wouldn't mind rating he's just your choice but they wouldn't have cast as wide of a net as they have so another name like Evera, with the panthers defense coordinator so the panthers blocked his Interview requests with the Jaguars. He's still getting like a few head coaching interviews, but the Panthers aren't seemingly letting him do any deep, like lateral move interviews, which is hilarious because they're letting offense coordinator Thomas Brown interview with the, the <laughs> Chicago <soccer laughs> Bears. They're cool, with him doing it, you know. But it, what, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It man, it really seems, it really seems like Tepper's not going to let this dude leave. It, like he's he's like going to like force him, like, the next head coach, like, that. this is your defensive coordinator. So I think he'd be one of the best candidates. And, like, it's a good thing that the Jaguars like, even reached out to him. Like, him and Nielsen, I think, were the first two names that they were connected to since they were, were both blocked. But, I mean, I, like, those are two names, like, they should be looking at. So it was a good thing that they looked at him. It just – it really feels like Carolina's not going to dare let that contract
0: breach. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's definitely not a Jaguars thing. It's just a Panthers thing where they're not letting them talk to anyone. So, yeah, I think that's one that you can kind of safely scratch off the list since obviously it was blocked. And unlike Nielsen, who was blocked and then, like, got an interview, I don't think, like, the block has gone away anytime soon. Huh? Why are the Falcons letting coaches interview now? <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's going on at Home Depot? After there there's news that Harbaugh and Belichick were in the building. So, I guess if we think Harbaugh is a charger – that means Belichick is a Falcon. That just feels weird, man. That just feels yeah. weird, especially after twenty-eight to three, too. Like that—that's like a few more than a few years ago. at this point, so I feel like it's not that much of a sting anymore. But it's still <laughs> interesting. I didn't
1: even consider that an aspect of it. He—that's that's how Thomas Dimitrov becomes a general manager again. Not, not, honestly, I don't think. Cause, Arthur Blake really has been like a quasi, like I wanna be a Patriot way guy, like his entire ownership. Dimitrop came from like the New England, you know, tree, basically. So uh, God, New England way. well, okay, give me give me your thoughts. So a lot of people, you know, yeah, you know, I, I I see the tweets. I choose not to engage, but I see, I see the tweets. A lot of people were hoping maybe, you know, a Belichick Jacksonville conversation might ever happen. I, I don't think that would ever happen <laughs> at least not in this current reality would you want yeah. what, what would your thoughts be if Belichick like you know wanted to coach the Jaguars and again this is just a hypothetical because there's no way that's gonna happen Doug Peterson is the head coach for 2024 don't you dare anybody take this out of context but just for a hypothetical what would your reaction be
0: if Belichick was the head coach over mm-hmm. Doug Peterson I i I mean, is he getting roster control, too? No, 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 no. (laughs)
1: He's either getting roster control or he's working with uh, the current general manager.
0: I don't even know which would be worse, like, if they kept the current general manager or if they hired Elchak to, like, run everything because he's, like – he's a great defensive coordinator. Like, in the reality that doesn't exist where, like, he just wanted to sign up to be coordinated defense for a year. And, like, he would be the number one candidate on my list. But, like, like the head coach has been questionable. And then the, like, player management has really been questionable for a long time. So the staff you would hire, dude. I, I don't think it would necessarily be a positive for the franchise, but I would be here for it personally, just for the content and for the chaos. And, like, I don't know. Like, I think I'm in part of the crowd where, like, I'm, like, it's the best head coach in – the sports history, like it's kind of, I can't really say no to that.
1: So, so about that theory, would that be a solid hire you think for
0: Atlanta? By that, by that logic, I think it would be a good hire for Atlanta. I don't think it would be like the best hire they could make because I would just hire like Mike McDonald or Ben Johnson, yeah. or like even like Mike Frable would be a really good hire. I feel like Belichick is like not really close to the best head coach candidate, honestly. But like I think it's like fine. I don't know. You ready? I'm, this. I'm 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 sitting on the fence on this one. Yeah. Like I think like Belichick will like get his next team to like the playoffs, but he's not going to win a Super Bowl, and like he's just going to end up fizzling out and kind of retiring.
1: I, I, I'm with you. He's like definitely still a good head coach. It's just like he said, his roster management uh, plus his staff hires. I, I just want to set out. I I just quickly saw. What that? This is the reality people are asking for. Bill Belichick, head coach. Bill O'Brien, offense coordinator for yeah. two years. Future Jaguars head coach Bill O'Brien for <laughs> the next considerable years. I, I no no st- st- stick to, stick to the course. You know, like the, no, uh, I I don't. I'm I'm so torn on whether I think Atlanta is the because like, I'm with you. he's the greatest coach of all time, but. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm happy. I'm not covering a head coaching vacancy this this go around because I I know that the the Belichick like that'd probably be the number one guy fans would want right if the Jaguars had a head coaching vacancy
0: like in this cycle. Sorry, you broke up. You repeat the question. My, <laughs> Must be my bad. My
1: I, I, I was saying like if the Jaguars did have a head coaching vacancy this cycle, he'd probably be the guy most fans would be like probably like them, like, devouring themselves over him and, like, Ben Johnson.
0: Totally. Yeah, Bill Bill would definitely be, like, way up there in terms of, like, yeah. fan power, I think, to the next head yeah. like, coach. I mean, but, honestly, if I were Atlanta, I would just promote Nielsen to be the head coach because I feel like he's, like, future head coach material, not just a good coordinator. There you so, go. Like, either you have in the building or, like, just go get Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald. Or but, Mike Rabble. Those would be my top four candidates for Atlanta. I haven't even
1: considered that. Yeah. It feels weird that we haven't seen Mike Rabel have an interview set anywhere. You know, I like it. I feel like Seattle should hire him over Dan Quinn. Like like the key, uh, Keegan with next gen stats tweeted out like the Cowboys and Dan Quinn like matched like nickel I mean not nickel dime to Green Bay's 12 personnel like every time and did it 65% of the time this season. I'm like, Dan Quinn, I'm like, get serious, dude. No, I'm, I'm, I'm completely yeah. out on him after that game alone,
0: dude. Same. Yeah, there's like a certain like breed of coaches that are like really good in the regular season, but then like they get to the playoffs and like they're just doing the same thing they did. They've done for 20 years. And that's like kind of like their thing, but you got to be able to adapt. So that's why I feel like going after like a Ben Johnson or a Mike McDaniel who is like, or not. Mike McDonald from the Ravens like they are young so like maybe they'll just stick to what they currently have and not really adapt out of that but like chances are they'll be better at adapting with like kind of the newer era of football did you see Ray Lewis on uh like the pain and Eli ESPN broadcasts? he okay. was like the Eagles were just like putting on a terrible display of tackling pretty much and he was like just whining about it the whole time or like whining is a bad way to put it he was like shouting and being visibly upset about it, and was like, just go back to old school football when they, when the Eagles had the ball and they just kept throwing out of zero blitzes. So that was fun to see. So there's like, I feel like Dan Quinn is like one of the coaches that just kind of sticks to his guns no matter what, like you said. And so I'm with you. Really sure I'm not really interested in that. 100%. Now, as for coaches who might actually work for the
1: Jaguars in 2024, aka <laughs> not Bill Belichick. All right. So, Take out Evera right now, Evera, yeah. Take out Leslie Frazier until he ever actually has an interview. They leave six guys who have reported, you know, been set to have an interview, have interviewed, or basically six guys so far have become like clear, like interview guys, targets. First one, most recent one, we'll start off with him. Bruce Stallman of the Athletic last night said that. Falcons defense coordinator Ryan Nielsen is expected to speak with the Jaguars about their defense coordinator vacancy. That makes sense. The Falcons have blocked him a week ago. Uh, Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports said the Falcons have been blocking all of their assistance from lateral moves. But as of like now, they've like lifted those restrictions, which, you know, again, what 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 does some depot know? But (laughs) nonetheless, it makes sense uh, that you know the Jaguars now that the Falcons' coaches can interview elsewhere can talk to Nielsen. I think, like, like to me, and I'll I'll give you my list at the end of the game, not the game. Jesus Christ, <laughs> the, the <podcast. laughs> It's it's a game to me. It's a game to me. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you my list at the end of the podcast of <laughs> I would like, yeah, yeah, get your get your, come on, triplets, yeah, yeah. Of how I would rank them, but Nielsen's like obviously super high. I mean, so he comes from the like New Orleans, like Dennis Allen, like deep in the DNA, which is mostly like a four-man front. So a four-three, if you had to label it, four-three or or three-four or whatever. But he runs some multiple fronts. Uh, they, I think the Falcons were nineteenth in blitzing under him, so they blitz some, but it's not like a heavy blitz team. But a ton of man coverage, a ton of single high safety and not much zone coverage. But the Falcons defense, like, for like the last like five or six years has been miserable. They look good this year. Yeah. <laughs> he was he, he was probably the best defensive coordinator hire in this NFL's past coaching cycle, I'd say. Like Arthur Smith, like the decision to hire him was a home run after, you know, he had been one of the Saints' top guys for years. Like, you know, he's a defensive line-based guy. I I really think he's like a great candidate in the same way. I think there is a credit for reaching out to Vera. Like that's a smart move to make. I think this is that same ballpark.
0: Yeah. I think we both said last week that he's one of the candidates out there who's or just one of the defensive coordinators from last season who definitely got more out of their defense than like the roster that was there or the talent that was there on the roster. So I'm interested in like whether all that one high that was in Atlanta last year was more of a, Nielsen thing or more of a Jesse Bates thing who they got in free agency because in New Orleans they run a lot of man coverage but it's more so two man or cover two man with two safeties over the top instead of just one safety over the top so I wonder if like Nielsen was like simply adapting to the talent on his roster like when they brought Bates in or if he like actually specifically wanted to go to uh, one high structure and that's why they brought in Bates so like I don't really know what was like the started that um but i think he's uh i would say he's probably the number one candidate that i would have on my list because like leslie i think is probably the best like veteran guy that's available or that's been like linked to the jags but i almost think that he's similar to I me and almost like dan quinn where it's like they're like great at coaching their stuff and great coaches in general but like they've kind of failed to adapt against like really high-powered modern offenses in recent years. I think that was – like, he was, like, kind of departed from the Bills mostly, like, as a scapegoat because Sean McDermott was looking for ways to save his own skin, but also because, like, the Bills' defense was one of those that was held up great against mediocre quarterbacks and poor quarterbacks. But then when it came time to face Patrick Mahomes, like, they kind of got shredded. So I think – like, and then with that said, like, we talked about how – Gags are probably going to be looking for someone with coordinator experience after they just went through Caldwell, who was a first-time play caller. So I think Nielsen is, like, a good mix of those where he's, like, a young guy who will be able to adapt his defense uh, a little bit more better than, like, these veterans like Wink or Leslie. Uh, But he also has, like, actual experience calling a defense and coordinating his own defense and kind of, like, has that on his resume.
1: Yeah, and, like – I think for any concerns about people have with the Jaguars have been built for a 3-4 how would they transition to a 4-3? The Falcons are the same way. Like their personnel for years has been drafted and built for a 3-4 defense and he came in there and was able like basically to retool it, you know, right away. I mean, so they've looked at a few different guys like like in terms of specialties like, like several defensive back guys, uh one linebackers coach, maybe I And Shane Bowen, former linebacker himself, and then a defensive line guy, Nielsen. You can see looking at the Falcons' like numbers, you know, last year, just how you know he would probably like fix the Jaguars' run issues and their front issues. Like they were number one in EPA per play against the run last year, and one of the top teams in success rate against the run last year. Like they were, you remember the Jaguars' game against them, dude? They 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 were a tough front to run against, and I think a lot of that from him because. It had not been that way in years past. So it, I think a lot of the search comes down to what does what's Doug Peterson looking out of, out of a new defense coordinator. The multiple defensive backs guys make sense to me because they had so many breakdowns in the secondary despite having veteran guys and guys who have played together for 30-plus games. But they still have defensive front answers, I mean, questions that need to be answered, and I think Nielsen would go a long way toward answering those.
0: Yeah, I think I said last week that I would be really interested in seeing, like, who the defensive line coach was, and I wouldn't mind hiring a defensive coordinator that had a focus in D-line, but I think that I had some, like, recency bias just because Jacksonville's 2023 season on defense was kind of, like, ruined a little bit by their, like, lack of depth or quality play on the interior defensive line. But, like, now that I've had, like, a week to sit on it, I think that hiring a... Defensive coordinator with more of like secondary experience might actually be the move based on like the talent that Jacksonville does have on the roster already, namely in Tyson Campbell and Andre Cisco, because those were two guys that a lot of people in the building and outside of the building for sure too were expecting to take like really big leaps and kind of help to elevate the defense, and they did do that for the first four to six weeks of the season, and so they both kind of succumb to injuries, but I think those are two guys who have just like all the potential in the world. And so it'd be cool to get a coach who knows what he's talking about in terms of secondary to get in there and kind of help develop them more.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. That brings us to, you know, we're, we're going to have to talk about these two as a pair, but one of our next two guys, you mentioned him, I think uh, last week, Chris Harris, the passing game coordinator, court, defensive backs coach with the Tennessee Titans and Tennessee Titans defense coordinator, Shane Bowen, who, one like the funniest things I keep writing throughout this coaching cycle has been a defense coordinator for 3 years and a play caller on their defense for 4 years. So he, he like went like a whole whole year where he was like calling to, I think it was 2020 where like he was calling the plays as like the outside linebacker's coach. So I'm, like, why not just like name him the coordinator? So coordinator and name for 3 years, play caller for 4 years. Chris Harris is obviously the defensive, you know, backs based one. He was a guy, like, when the Titans, like, signed, hired him, that was seen as, like, around the league, like, a really strong hire. Like, people, like, see him as a future defense coordinator. I know, obviously, the standard Titans fan, Jaguars fan with, a, you know, a player, as Avi who is, you know, 17 years old, is probably saying, like, yes, Titans, like, let the Jaguars take him, etc. But he, he had a really strong coaching, you know, background. He's had some really good secondaries. I kind of lean toward the Titans' issues against the pass this year, just being, like, injuries, like, at
0: the position and, you know, clearly not having the horses, like, to get it done. Yeah, honestly, he's a former safety, and I think he did a good job coaching at the safety specifically because the Titans really, as you said, were hurt pretty bad by injuries, uh, but especially outside corner, and they didn't really have a lot of talent out there to begin with. And so I think, like, the Titans' defense was, like, definitely liable against perimeter receivers this season but at the same time like they still finished as i think a mediocre defense statistically or efficiency wise and i think a lot large part of that is that like the safeties even after they traded kevin byer to the eagles earlier in the season were able to like kind of help be the glue of the safety and so like he's definitely a name that not that i have any insider knowledge but just from reading a bunch of like insider articles basically seems like a really well respected guy who, like you said, is expected to be a defensive coordinator sooner than later. And so I think he's got – he's, like, more of a hot candidate kind of than Shane Bowen, who's just been sitting around for a few years doing the same thing. Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, he's a defensive coordinator, but, like, it feels like his name isn't nearly as hot.
1: Are are they the only team interviewing him for a defensive coordinator role right now? Have you seen him tied anywhere else?
0: No. Honestly, I haven't seen a lot of, like – Coordinator ties only, just like the head coaches and jaguars. Yeah, but no, that said, no, I haven't.
1: It, damn it. shame Like when I first saw that, it was like for the old cartoons. They pour like the brown medicine. They just feed it to your spoon. Like just take your medicine, you know. Like just yeah. what a blip. <laughs> like a,
0: addition. Awesome. To- I think Nielsen is my top candidate, and Bowen is my bottom candidate. So. So why do you think
1: that is? Like what? You, like my reasoning for it is, is that the Titans only once under him had even a semi okay defense. I understand, you know, the injuries, talent issues, et cetera, but the proof's in the pudding sometimes and the Titans had like double digit 30, you know, point games scored against him in his uh ten years defense coordinator. And also I kind of think maybe he's a Mike Vrabel merchant. <laughs> he goes everywhere with Mike Vrabel. You know, that's that's my thing. Like, how, how do I know he's? If you want to say that he's good despite the results, that's one thing. I'm already kind of raising the eyebrow at. And then, how am I sure that if you think he's good, that you don't think he's good because of Mike Vrabel?
0: No, that's fair. I think he might be a little bit of a Vrabel merchant because I feel like in Vrabel's whole tenure, and really in Bowen's whole tenure as defensive coordinator, there too. Like, the Titans have been known as just a really tough and physical and gritty opponent, and it's, like, much more of that than, like, anything related to X's and O's or, like, how they're, like, doing something cool on the field coaching-wise other than, like, the motivation, I guess, which is definitely a big aspect. But I think that's, like, a big Mike Mike Vrabel aspect uh, where, like, he's kind of the guy that, like, channels that grittiness and toughness for the whole Titans team, including the defense. So, I think there's definitely like reason to be suspicious of like how much of the Titans defense is like Bowen really responsible for. Yeah,
1: no, 100%. And even if you want to say he's responsible for it, like how, how many aspects of that defense, like are people really like seeking out? You know, like it's not like a super innovative like defense or anything like that. Like they, they, you know, multiple fronts, they go between 4 3 and 3 4. They, they blitz a bit, but nobody, has ever pointed to the Titans as like, oh, this is one of the defensive schemes, you know, like to like, look out for in the NFL. It's kind of a kind of a like shrug your shoulders, you know, kind of defense. And I, I just I wouldn't really see the vision or the direction. I guess I guess yeah. I, guess, like, I said, like with these other guys, I can at least see like the division direction you're going. He would just feel like he'd feel like a coach that like Doug Marone would hire in 2019 or something like just like there's like there's no point. You know, it's it's happening. There's no point. I, I just, I, I that'd be out of all these candidates that they hired them and had to get a grade. That'd probably be the closest one to like D, D minus, etc.
0: Yeah, I'm um, I'm with you. I feel like there's a lot of B candidates, and then like one or two A candidates, and yeah, some stragglers. I mean, I, I like if you look at
1: a few of the other coordinator searches. Like the Giants' defense coordinator search has been you know, super odd. They've only, I think, looked at three guys since Wink uh, left in an (laughs) uproar. And none of them are, like, guys to really pop off. Like, maybe the biggest one is Miami's, like, linebackers coach. But it's not, like, a lot of, like, established names or whatever. I think when you look at, the like, the six guys the Jaguars are slated to talk to slash the one guy they got blocked from, the Jaguars have done a pretty good job of, like, casting their, like, a wide net and looking at a wide variety and diverse, like, candidate pool, right? Like, like I'll, I'll give, you know, credit to them, you know, the organization in general for a search so far. I think other than the one kind of candidate we just talked about, I think it's a pretty strong one.
0: No, I agree. And, like, I don't know. I think, like, there's, like, the two – there's two Titans, which is, like, more than any other team, right? We're the only team with two people who have interviewed with them and so i think it's clear that there's like some kind of connection there i'm pretty sure peterson and Vrabel are pretty close so maybe that's it but yeah i think like it's been like all the names that i would want them to hire i can't really think of a name like other than Vrabel and belichick and like all the like really big fish i can't really think of a name that's like out there that they haven't kind of circled or gone after
1: Brabel is how he is how they'd get people back. That's how they'd get people to buy buy back in. Everybody that's upset right now, that's how they win them
0: back. But I don't I don't see Mike Brabel being a defense coordinator again anytime soon. I mean, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, like what's he gonna do? do you think he'd take a year off?
1: Probably come back next year. Yeah, I
0: could even see like him being a like assistant head coach or like senior defensive assistant for like. The Patriots or like just like a random team and just take like a low key role for a year and then put his name back in the head coaching cycle. So yeah, so, I'm like remember their owner like saying like
1: they had thought about trading him and decided not to. But at the same time, the Patriots have it written in the drawn Mayo's contract that he was always going to be the head coach after Belichick left. Who the hell were they talking about trading him to? <laughs> the Raiders. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. well, yeah, I, I Mike Vrabel actually, my favorite Raiders coach would probably be pretty cool. But
0: I mean Vrabel is like the because like there's been a lot of talk about the Eagles and the Cowboys after they both both lost in the wild card weekend about how like Sirianni and McCarthy like could be out the door as early as the end of this week and then they bring in like a big fish like Belichick, but I don't see why they went just like try to upgrade their current guys with Vrabel because I, th- I I feel like Vrabel would be the number one candidate on my like overall list of head coach candidates. Yeah,
1: no, I I'd, I'd agree with that honestly. Like, I, it, it it's wild to me that he doesn't like. There's still a lot of time to go, but I I don't think I've seen him connected like to any interview or anything. Like, it's yeah. it's it's wild. How
0: everybody wants to maybe maybe he's like holding firm on the fact that he wants roster control and everyone is like, no, we're not about to do that. So uh, just speculating, though Yeah.
1: Fair enough. All right. Gus we're going to cut for a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about the other candidates. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly
0: from Bloomberg. This is the deal each week. You're hear in conversation with business icons.
1: We'll start off with the one who I think I described earlier to somebody. I think hiring him would be, like, the maybe the funniest hire, the most beautiful disaster, you know, potential hire, Wink Martindale. That I, – I, I'd love to see it just because I think it'd be amazing, yeah. like, content, his personality right. alone, but just, like, his defense basically, you know, mixed with who the Jaguars are, their DNA – I think it would just lead to potentially, you know, hilarious results. Seems like he's a guy who a lot of fans want, which I completely get. Like, he's one of the more respected coaches that they've like been connected to. Like, it, it wasn't long ago, like, even when him and Baltimore parted ways that a bunch of people wanted Link Martindale, like in like NFL people, you know, like, it's a really respected scheme. He's a really respected coach. He's been a coordinator with three different teams now, Denver for a year, Baltimore for a couple years, and New York. Uh, He's a guy who, like, he's had even head coach buzz, you know, before. So he'd be, like, a really respected hire. I just think, I don't know, just seeing his, like, strict man-to-man, leave your guys on his own, blitz everybody else, I I could just see it leading to the most disastrous results in Jacksonville. And I don't have any way to explain it other than, it it would just be very a, a jaguars like marriage I I think.
0: Yeah, it would be <laughs> interesting. He I feel like originally got let go by Baltimore two years ago because he was one of those guys that just won't adapt. The Ravens actually had like I feel like a top ten defense for several years under him, but he just like one of those guys that does his thing and doesn't no matter what, and so it's again, one of those guys that can kind of, like, run into trouble once you get to the playoffs. And there's a lot of, like, more specific game game plans uh, and just a lot of, like, really good coordinators. Like, kind of like Jim Schwartz coordinated the best defense in the league this year for Cleveland, but he does his own thing. And, like, Bobby Sloak for the Texans kind of diced him up. And so that would be, like, the biggest concern is that he does him. Uh, but he's pretty funny, and so it would be a lot of fun and like really, like Jim Schwartz also like won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson as his defensive coordinator with Philadelphia. And so like it's not like if you hire one of those guys like you can't win a Super Bowl because Doug literally did it already. Uh, but like it would definitely be a reason to a reason for concern.
1: If if they hired him, I would request that they do a entire video series just him and Bulky. Deep takes like I I just, I just I just want to see those two guys, you know, interact. But I, I I'm with you. he. Like he does a lot of good. Sorry, I accidentally, <laughs> accidentally hit the uh, hit the pause. We're back now. I I posted yesterday in a uh, pros cons like about him, like his like him stating what his philosophy is, and he's like, great quarterbacks gonna you want to force them to make quick decisions, not be able like to dice you up. Average quarterbacks, you want to throw different things at them. And I feel like that's something that Jaguars didn't do well against backup quarterbacks, you know, like this year especially. Like, they just they didn't make the pictures, like, murky for them. They kind of just stayed true to, you know, what they did. and Yeah. I would also say I think both you and I, like, said, like, especially after the Cleveland game, like, zone blitzing was killing, like, their defense – you'd probably never see another zone blitz again with, with Wink. You know, it'd be, like, strict, like, man blitzing, which I think would probably be better for their personnel.
0: Yeah. Like, if anyone did watch the Eagles-Bucks game on Monday night, like, Todd Bulls was going cover zero. It felt like every other play and sending the house. And so, like, he is more of a zone blitz guy generally, but he was sending a lot of man blitzes too. And that's what it looks like, just, like, crowding the line of scrimmage, trying to get – what like, muddle up the offense's protection rules and just get one free rusher so that the quarterback is literally forced to throw in like as soon as he gets the ball. So I think, I think there's like fair concern out there uh, on the Twitter sphere about like with the style of defense that is brought in. Cause like, as you said earlier, like three, four versus four, three, like, I don't think that makes too much of a difference, but like there's definitely coordinators that are like more like way heavier in zone coverages and man coverages. And I think uh, for like really, the whole personnel in general, like including linebackers and safety, but especially for Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams, they're both like better in zone coverage when they're like able to play off coverage and have eyes on the quarterback and be able to just like react quickly and break on the ball as opposed to playing like trail man coverage and like staying on a guy's hip and like fighting through like contact on just like short five yard hitches pretty much. And so like, I don't think like a wink Martindale or Nielsen or like, a kind of hire that brings in man-heavy scheme is like, like I, like you, you. You're allowed to hire those guys. Like Tyson and Darius can still play man coverage. Yeah, uh, but I think like it is fair to say that they're better in zone. So I, I I
1: think that's a you know good point to make. How much would you factor that in? Like, do you think you like said it hired a wink? Or higher than Nielsen, do you think that they have to throw resources at the cornerback position to kind of compensate for what the new scheme is? Because you know, just playing on that island one-on-one is obviously different in pass coverage, but it's different in run support too. Like Darius Williams like would basically have to live on an island as a run defender, too. And yeah. outside of a few flashes here and there, he he just he's never like been like that kind of tackler. Tyson Campbell could absolutely do it. Would it make you have to Say you hire one of those guys, you have to throw a ton of resources at cornerback, including potentially the 17th overall pick?
0: Yeah, I think you do. I think you kind of put it well. I think you need, like, islands out there that can just hold up one-on-one but then also still be able to kind of provide support in the run game. And right now, like, Darius is – I would probably say, like, a good run defender for his size. Yeah. But he's probably a net, a net minus in general in run defense – And then, like, again, he's not really the kind of guy to just, like – he's a lot better when he's able to keep an eye on the quarterback and break off of that as opposed to just, like, chatting a guy and being on his hip. And so I think if you get, like, Leslie Frazier and run a bunch of zone, I think you could keep Darius and then, like, maybe even still draft a cornerback because, like, I think Darius with his size and height combination could honestly, like, kind of fall off at any point and, like – hopefully you won't, but you just have to kind of like be ready for that scenario rather than just going into next season with Monteric Brown as the next backup. Uh, but if it, like, especially if they get man defense, I think you got to consider like maybe uh, letting go of Williams and getting some cap relief so that you can get a guy both in the draft, possibly at 17 and in free agency. Cause again, like you really just have one Island player in Tyson Campbell. And like, even if you like sign Legarius need in free agency, like him and Tyson would be such a sick corner duo. But like with that style of defense, especially for Wink where it's like the guys are on islands and they're not getting any help. Like that style of defense is like more about the, your your weakest link than it is like your strongest chain. And so like you need guys that can, you need three guys that can hold up. Not like one guy who's elite at holding up and two guys who are okay. So I think, yeah, they should spend resources at corner regardless because of where Darius is out. But especially if it's a man defense, and especially, especially if it's like a man blitz defense. I I just fixed the Jaguars <laughs> <laughs> in,
1: in, in my head. Thanks to you bringing up bringing up Sneed. So release, release Williams, Cam Robinson, Foley Ray Sean Jenkins, and I think I'm missing an obvious one. Brandon uh, Sheriff. Brandon Sheriff. Okay. We signed Ezra Cleveland too. You know, a, a fair deal. Obviously, I don't pay them a lot.
0: Sign yeah. Robert
1: Hunt, sign Christian Wilkins, and sign Legere Snead.
0: Holy cow! Yeah, that's a lot more names than I. I, I say. picked the Jaguars.
1: I picked more. the Jaguars. They um, have that. They they have enough cap space to do all that if they if they make those moves as well as retain Josh
0: Allen and Calvin Ridley. I think what like so. What are positions that they absolutely have to target in free agency? Like I think you either have to have either like Williams or a replacement for Williams. So like you need to have like a feeling yeah. good about your top two cornerbacks, and then you like you need to like sign Ezra, get another guard, and get at least one interior defensive tackle. I feel like because if you don't do all that stuff going into the draft, then you're just gonna like pigeon your whole pigeonhole yourself into like drafting for depth and for needs rather than just a positional value because like that's what the jags did last year like instead of just like going out and signing like a good third tight end like they forced a third tight end pick in the second round and instead of like going out and signing like zeke elliott or like a decent veteran running back in free agency like they just filled that hole way earlier than they should have in the draft and so like i feel like corner and then interior alignment on both sides would be like the three positions that i feel yeah. like they, like, just have to address in free agency No, I'm, I'm with you. you. You
1: you have to sign at least one veteran lineman on each side of the ball, I think, in free agency Like, people will definitely be scared, too, on the defensive side because of their hit rate on, you know, paying those guys the last, you know, couple years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But – I, even if it's like a like a rotational like a top rotational type guy, like a guy who will like get like like significant snaps, I you have to ha- bring somebody in in that regard, and that's why the defensive coordinator hire is important too. You. you have to figure out which guys, you know, mm-hmm. you want to bring in because not everybody, you know, is gonna fit every scheme. So I I think that's a good call. I
0: would love like a, a Hankins. uh, Hankins is it Sean Hankins? That doesn't sound right. Sheldon Rankins, holy cow, my mind just got <laughs> twisted all over the place. Sh- Sheldon Rankins with the Texans, Texans right now would just be like a uh, solid to good, like veteran defensive tackle signing rather than like yeah. a big slash like Wilkins for, from the Dolphins. Because as you said, like the really big money, like defensive tackle extensions recently, like haven't really paid off that much unless you're like Aaron Donald or Chris Jones. And he's probably going to get like what, like 22, 23 million? For yeah like i'm 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 out on wilkins especially after like yeah we're out like i feel like that's not really a great sign i feel like they're like they've had like a pretty good front office or like just team building kind of in the past year or two and so i generally think that they're probably a smart organization and so the fact that they were like out on wilkins and then i feel like i haven't really heard his name much recently i'm i'm that's not the big fish i want i, I want. Uh, Logarius need.
1: Can you count that as a hot take? I think it does. You you just you just take it without yeah. even knowing it. Okay. Yeah, you just take it without yeah. even knowing
0: it. Yeah, there you go. Do I have to? I'll, <laughs> yeah, I don't want I don't want Christian Wilkins. I
1: want you to do the first bulky ball two thousand twenty four and compare Tyler Lacey to Christian Wilkins. I want you to remember this and to do that. You know, move forward. Would you rather have? A fourth-round pick (laughs) or Christian (laughs) Wilkins? You tell me, buddy. You tell me. All right. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. Moving on. Next coach to talk about. One who I'm I'm really interested by, I think he's the only one other than Harris who hasn't been a defensive coordinator, is Baltimore Ravens passing game coordinator Chris Hewitt. I genuinely think, like, trying to get anybody from the Baltimore coaching tree is smart I, somebody smart mouth me and be like just saying they added joe colin from the ravens coaching tree, which yeah they did but jihad ward and damian wilson and miles jack and Kevin chase on all started for him like i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not gonna hold that really against him i still think colin was probably the best coach on that 2021 staff i think getting anybody from like Like, he he was like a hardball, like, lifer. He's been with Baltimore since 2012. Harbaugh coached him as a special teams player when he was a special teams coordinator in college at Cincinnati. He's, like, as much of a hardball guy as, you know, you're going to get really. So, I I get that with him. It's a little bit more hoping for potential, kind of like with Caldwell, because he just hasn't been, like, running the show on his own before. But he's somebody who I'm, I'm really, you know, impressed by everything I read about him, everything I've heard about him from, you know, people I've asked that in NFL, you know, circles, stuff like that. It, no, nobody has anything but high praise for him. He was also probably the top candidate after Mike McDonald, when the Ravens moved on from Wink Martindale. So the only reason he's not been a defense coordinator so far is because Harbaugh found the best you know coordinator in football, you know, like he's, yeah. he's, he's clearly a good coach and to be there for that long, their secondary has been super well coached this year. Guys like Geno Stone, Brandon right. Stevens are, are, you know, balling out. And he's had a ton of pro bowlers basically under his wing basically the entire time he's been there. I think he'd be uh, a fantastic hire. I'm, I'm not as sure as, as sure as what philosophies he'd bring to the table. I'd imagine it'd be like the Ravens where it's like mostly a three, four front, but a lot of the disguises they do is with the back seven as opposed to the front seven, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I think he'd be, especially if they want to fix the communication in the secondary, I think he'd make a ton of sense.
0: Yeah. One name you didn't like you, or you said pro bowlers, like he's also been coaching Kyle Hamilton and Marlon Humphrey who are like elite coverage defenders over the middle of the field. And so I, I think he would be like, he's at like the top of the list for me in terms of inexperienced coordinators, like, I feel like my big three right now are him as like the inexperienced guy, Leslie Frazier as the experienced guy. And then Nielsen is the guy who's like kind of in between since he just has one year of experience and it looks pretty good. But I also like that he's uh, kind of a Harbaugh merchant a lot more than Bowen being a Vrabel merchant because like with Bone and Vrabel, like I said, it's like kind of hard to separate the two of them, but like uh, – with Hewitt, he's been under at least three different defensive coordinators because he was under McDonald this year and last, and then Wink Martindale the past several years before that. And then I think he was even with like one or two other defense coordinators before Wink. And so he's got a lot of different experience under def- different defensive coaches. It's not like he's just been under like Harbaugh and has only kind of like learned one system. And so that that makes me like feel good about his chances as like whenever he does. Coordinate a defense and call plays for the first time, uh, and yeah, I'm with you. We're like again, not that I have inside sources, but the like inside articles that I've read have all been a lot of praise for Hewitt. So I think he's definitely a, like probably like the under the radar name to watch, or at least under the radar compared to like names like Belichick or Rabel. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And like, like, like
1: we both said, like because he hasn't been a coordinator before, like. You don't see his name as much, and yeah, may, maybe a little bit of it is, you know, the fact that just he's from like the Baltimore tree, and it's impressive. That's probably a little part of it, but I think he has an impressive resume. You're right; he was with a Dean Pease from 2012 through 2017, then Link Martindale, and then Mike McDonald. So three different, three very different schemes, coordinators. You know, just had to very good of, coordinators. Yeah. You know, great three great coaches. Exactly. So. I, I, he's somebody who, again, you know, when you're looking at the coaching tree, they've looked at, I mean, like the coaching pool, they've looked at, I think he's a strong addition to it. And, you know, I, I tip my hat to them for that. The last one, jet safety coach, Marquand Manuel. He, he's the only one with ties to Doug Peterson. He was the Eagles defensive backs coach in 2020 Peterson's last year with the Eagles before that. He was the Falcons defensive coordinator for a couple of years. He was uh, in Seattle, I think in like 2014, 2015. So he's basically with Dan Quinn for like five or six years, was with Doug Peterson for a year, and then since then has been Robert Sala. He's been in the Seattle, like the Seahawks cover three, Lotto, Otto, Leo, Cadence system, you know, in every year but one of his NFL career, basically. It is like clear to me like if they hired him, what kind of system they'd be going for, you know, it'd be like the I'd say more Dan Quinn inspired than like Pete Carroll inspired, because it definitely seems like he's a Dan Quinn guy as opposed to like being a Carroll or a Gus Bradley guy, if that makes sense. Like I'm pretty sure Dan Quinn was hired and man like the Jackson don't hire Manuel. that probably his defensive coordinator or something. Mm. But my biggest thing is it's 2024 that defense has still not learned how to defend a crossing pattern. <laughs> that's literally that's my biggest thing. Like, we're we're just we're still seeing that coaching tree get lit up, you know, like in big games. Like like you said, well, they'll have good regular seasons. They'll have good defenses per se. But when you go against, like, the elite offensive coordinators, they, they just dice it up. And I'm not sure how much different, y- you know, Different philosophies he 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 would bring. But
0: like I said, he's the only guy with Peterson ties. Maybe that gives him, you know, a little bit of an edge. Yeah. We've talked about it before though. Like even like Doug Peterson has said himself, like talking about Gus Bradley's <laughs> scheme in Indianapolis, <laughs> which is a big cover three scheme. Like he he's that he's the one that like the quote comes from where like they just do what they do and like the structures are structure. And so like after he said like like that was like one of the not that it was that bold, but it was one of the bolder things he said in a press conference I feel like and I, he doubled down on it too like I think he said it two different times uh just like that like very light smock talk or smack talk about another coach or scheme and so like after hearing him say that publicly two different times, I'd be pretty shocked if he went with a coach who's a never coordinated a defense, and B is coordinating that type of defense. He's coordinated a defense. Oh yes, which which defense? Atlanta <laughs> under Dan, <Darren> ah. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Co- coordinated a defense, but you, I, I I had several other people like saying the same thing to me. And, like his run as a coordinator was very, you know, not noteworthy or newsworthy, <laughs> really at all. He's I, I don't think he's that inspiring of a candidate. Like he makes sense. I figured he'd be a candidate, you know, because of the Peterson ties. He's – because he's another defensive backs guy. Like, he's a respected, like, defensive backs, like, mine and stuff. It's just I'm, – I'm not sure, going back to that defense, man. Those guys still run deep. It, it's funny. This is the second time he's been considered a Jags defense coordinator candidate. He was a candidate in 2016 when they hired Todd Walsh, and Todd Walsh, who was then the defensive line coach – one of the best stories in Jags lore: Gus Bradley had Todd Wash sit in on interviews with the other defensive coordinator candidates, and ultimately hired Wash over names like Manuel, Jim Swartz, and Big Lou from Cincinnati. So,
0: oh, Big Blue,
1: yeah, 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 what a what a what a great coaching search! Swartz got hired a year later
0: by Doug Peterson and won the Super Bowl. So, what are you what are you gonna do? I big Lou should be a head coach I feel like. I like I I don't know if he I feel like he probably hasn't been a head coach before and Never so maybe he'd end up being in that category of guys who are better coordinators than head coaches. But man, he's a good coordinator. Yeah. He's like in terms of like partly like getting more out of like your roster or whatever, but yeah. especially like game planning against like top top quarterbacks, he's one of the best. So yeah. He's one of the guys that, like, I feel like in a normal coaching cycle, we'd be hearing his name more, but there's just too many big fish. Now, outside of Frazier, are there any
1: coaches that they haven't been tied to who maybe you, like, raise an eyebrow at or who you're like, they should be talking to this guy and they haven't, or have they basically covered the bases
0: pretty well? I think they've covered their bases pretty well because there's, I, like, there's no, like, under-the-radar sleeper kind of guys that I've heard of that I'm like, oh, it would be cool if the Jaguars – Gave them a shot because I feel like you kind of hit the mark on all those guys. If anything, I'd be like, "Oh, it'd be interesting if they called Pete Carroll and w- was seeing what he was doing." But like, I feel like that's just like almost a different level or different conversation, even. That's fair. That's fair. All right, guys, it's time. Let's rank them. that's right. a good ranking.
1: All right, from who you think is best, who you think would be worst. I'll go ahead and go first. I'd go Nielsen. Uh huh. Hewitt, Morindale. Harris, Manuel, Bowen. That's that's my thumbs up or thumbs down. That's that's. So so if you if you don't want me to mildly criticize you on my podcast, <laughs> that's who you are hired.
0: I've got the same thing except. Flipping, Wink, and Harris. So from top to bottom, I'll go Nielsen from Atlanta, Hewitt from Baltimore, Wink – or no, Harris from Tennessee, then Wink from New York, and then Manuel from the Jets, then Bowen from the Titans. Ooh, ha- ha- Harris over Wink. What's G- give, me, give me give give me that skinny. Why, why is that? Uh, just because, like, Harris hasn't done it before, and so, like, I feel like – He's got like a little bit more potential because like Wink would be like, I feel like probably coordinate a good defense, but I don't know if it would be a great defense. So I don't know. I think like, I think Harris to put a cliche on it is like a low floor, high ceiling option compared to Wink.
1: Knowing how much Jaguars fans hate seeing Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker drop off in the coverage, I'm now rooting for them to hire Wink. So I can see Jaguars fans erupt over Trayvon covering, like, Tank Dell
0: in the slot next year. <laughs> Yeah, that it, would not be great. They, they it, do it, really what do you mean? It'd be, It'd be fantastic.
1: It'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, so rooting I'm, for, I'm rooting for different things than everybody else, it
0: looks like. So we neither of us had Leslie Frazier in this list. Where would you slot him in?
1: I put him – dang, man, that's tough. I'd probably put him ahead of Nielsen, but not by much. Really? Yeah. I think I, he consist, consistently has has done it, I, I'd say. Nielsen, obviously, I, like he's a young guy. I, it's hard to ding him for inexperience, but I'd say he's had one great season as a coordinator compared to a guy who's had several is what I'd say.
0: I think I would go Nielsen, then Hewitt than Frazier as, like, my top three. But I think maybe I'm just getting, like, a little bit too excited about the young guns and, like, what they could be rather than just appreciating what Leslie and Wink kind of already are, which is really good coaches. So I definitely wouldn't be upset by either of those veteran guys, e- even as much as scheme adjustment talk as I had it on this pod. You see a
1: little bit of yourself in them? <laughs> what? You see a little bit of yourself in them, the young guns? <laughs> Is that it? I guess, yeah. Yeah, you too. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. now I, I go back to when I asked. There's one name you haven't seen them connected to. I, I'll go ahead and throw a name in there. You mentioned okay. it last week. Give Mike Zimmer an interview. Let's let's see. Oh, it, let's, let's
0: see the Zim in Jacksonville. I, I would be there for that. I feel like that would be even funnier than maybe not funnier. I feel like it would be. Per- as funny as wing Martin, or at least pretty close, but yeah, I feel like I haven't seen his name connected to like any teams. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> he's another guy who he was like, yeah, I want <laughs> to be head coach again. And
1: no, <laughs> he's oh, I'd, I'd be remiss if we did it back to wing now I should have added this when we we're talking about him. I think any concerns like people have about him, like personality wise, like joining the staff, I think are overblown. Like I think, Brian Dayball just seems incredibly hard to get along with. Like, come on, does anybody watch him like during the games? He throws tantrums, dude. Come on, he, yeah. yeah, he he, he seems he just seems like a very, was, yeah, like ooh, look at him. He's getting red. <laughs> He's getting mad. Like he just he seems like a ridiculous person. I can understand we having issues there. People who think him and Baltimore had a messy divorce are just wrong. Yeah, you know, and if you go back and you read some of the Baltimore beat writers from then it was basically Wink wanting to leave because he didn't want to be on a one-year contract and Baltimore wasn't trying to extend him. Baltimore is ready for him to be the defensive coordinator. You know, it's not like Harbaugh told him to get the hell out of here and he left kicking and screaming. So I think those concerns
0: are overblown. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought, I thought Baltimore's whole thing was like, you're a great coordinator, but don't adjust enough. And we need to bring in like someone a little bit more innovative. So they went to get this. Young gun from the college ranks and McDonald, but I, stay I, I don't think it bothered Baltimore that he didn't want to return. <laughs> I think that I think it was mutual. Yeah.
1: I, think, I think it was mutual, but it wasn't like them throwing him out on his ass and being like you're impossible to work with. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I
1: right, guess. you got anything else for us? Any hot takes to send us out of here? You already had one. You said Christian Wilkins is trash. So you you had your you had your one
0: for – Yeah. Um. All right, here's one. Uh, Justin Fields, I keep t- saying he's going to lead a different playoff team or a different team to the playoffs next year that's not going to be Chicago. And now I said the Falcons at first and then the Dolphins. Now I think he's going to be a Raider because apparently uh, – I forget like the GM that they have. It's like I think Bailey something or Champ something. Champ Bailey. It's not Champ Bailey. But it's one of those names. And, like, he's kind of, like, in the Antonio Pierce situation where, like, all the players want him and want to keep him around. And he was the interim. And so if he does stick around, he's got previous ties to Chicago where he was when the Bears drafted Justin Fields. So there's a little Fields to Vegas connection. But I'm still overall wow. on the take. Fields is taking the team to the playoffs next year. It just remains to me see which team it is. Can I
1: feel say that? Can I just say that I absolutely hate the Bears' offense corner search? You, man. It is.
0: I don't know. Greg I don't Rowan, know anything
1: about it. Ooh. Shane Waldron. Clint Kubiak. What?
0: Okay. Liam Cohen. And Greg Olson. I mean, they better get Waldron. Waldron is Solid. Yeah, no, that wow. like what how, that makes me so like unexcited about the first overall pick. Now, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, man. like
1: so protect Caleb Williams, dude.
0: Yeah, come on, Caleb free Williams or Greg Williams. Roman. <laughs> the, we got to be Caleb Williams.
1: The funniest bit would be hiring Greg Roman and then having everybody think it's for Justin Fields since he's like. The Justin Fields coordinator, out of all coordinators, just for him to trade Justin Fields and put Caleb Williams in the Greg Roman <laughs> offense,
0: that which doesn't make any sense because Williams is like super mobile, but like in the way that like Mahomes is mobile, like he's like a good scrambler, like he's not mobile in like the Justin Fields version where he's like actually like a really good rusher. Greg Olson, <laughs> what the hell? Oh. Is this 2014? Like, come on. I, I thought Iberflue should have been kept around for at least one more year, but maybe not if those are his choices.
1: I was going to say, now that I'm seeing those choices and now that I'm seeing this, like, head coaching pool, they probably should have cut ties, I think. Like, this yeah. is a crazy list of head coaches. Like, I, I feel like you probably could have just upgraded like you're probably going to have to in a year. On that note, Gus, got anything else? No. All right. Yeah. RIP Bozo to the Chicago Bears <laughs> offense Coordinator search is our is our parting shot. Right. Thank you guys for joining us for the 86 episode of the Jaguar Report. Who could have thought we'd we'd get here, Gus? We'll uh, we we'll be back either this time, this time next week, or when there is uh any more concrete significant news along the defense coordinator search. But until next time, John Shipley, my co-host Gus Logue. Thank you guys for joining us.